This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas on this edition. That four-letter word, no one likes, but everyone at some point will suffer pain. Fear not, our guest today will offer solutions and relief. And there was some relief if you rent an apartment in Vancouver. Latest figures from this month suggest the average rent for a one-bedroom apartment, $2,060, a 6.4% drop from last August. Two bedrooms dropped even more, 9.4%. However, you live in Burnaby and Abbotsford, rents skyrocketed. Abbey up almost 16% this month compared to a year ago. Why is this? According to a recent study, it's the pandemic pushing people into the more affordable burbs, thus pushing up demand for apartments, thus pushing up rents. If you have a mortgage or are looking for a mortgage, rates continue to fall. And just this week, the Bank of Canada chopped its qualifying rate for the mortgage stress test. The five-year mortgage is now the most popular in Canada with HSBC offering a five-year fixed at 1.89%. The Richmond night market, usually laden with tourists this time of year, looks like a ghost town. But to the market's owner, it's anything but a bad dream and more like a Stephen King movie. Having spent close to a million dollars on improvements and no government relief, Ray Chung now faces a very uncertain future. With Halloween in doubt this year, fear not, the big candy companies want you to get your fix. Usually you start seeing Halloween displays mid-September. Well, welcome to the new reality. Some stores are already stocking up. Hershey's first out of the block. The company relies on Halloween for 10% of its sales, but with an expected decrease in doorstep demand, Hershey's went to its retailers and said... Let's get it on. Following Dr. Henry's mantra, it's safer outside, business is booming at golf courses and outdoor stores where sleeping bags, tents, hiking gear is flying off the shelves. For the hardcore who still likes going to the gym, pandemic fear has gym owners fighting to stay afloat. Many have put memberships on hold, which has meant a 20% decline in sales. A federal government infographic released at the end of July listed gyms, indoor athletic studios, and high-contact sports like football and basketball as high risk, golf, tennis, hiking, cycling, low risk. And yet another study suggests British Columbians are now severely lacking in another area, dental health. And to that, we've invited Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Peria to join us on Vancouver Consumer Today. And if tooth pain isn't enough to ruin your day, but pain elsewhere on the bod, we're going to have a couple of physiotherapists go through a number of things to get that body moving pain-free. Join this segment by Nathan Hers. Nathan is with the Physiotherapy Association of BC, a private practitioner at Tall Tree Physio on Commercial Drive. Nathan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Nathan, as a person who is a regular visitor to a physiotherapist, um, what advice uh, would you give myself or other folks who may not think of going to a physiotherapist? What advice would you have for them if they have, um, you know, lingering pain and or an injury? Yeah, I think um, I think you know going to a, a physiotherapist is a is a, a great option, and we we deal with folks with persistent pain or or um, uh, chronic injuries quite frequently. And I actually, um, you know, it sounds like for yourself, uh, the the default is to wait a little while, see if it gets better before you check in. 
Um, but I think it's always helpful to, to be proactive about these injuries. And, and, you know, we can give you some good advice, um, some you know, exercises that you can work on to help resolve um, injuries and kind of get you back to what you, you enjoy doing. Well, one of the, one of the great things I've got uh, where I live Nathan is I've got a physiotherapist's office right next door to where I live at the Aquatic Center in uh, West Vancouver. One of the great things about visiting him and any physio, I think, is uh, getting that physio to show you some of the exercises so that you can strengthen, uh, first of all, heal, but then strengthen the area that's a problem. Uh, and, you know, for a lot of people, that can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely um, exercise is something that, you know, that can be uh, challenging or, um, you know, uncomfortable, um, you know, even painful at times. But uh, I think the, the nice thing that we, when we look at some uh, research around different injuries, um, we find that there's, you know, different ways to, um, to get people better. If you look at kind of lower back pain, um, there, there are different types of exercise that are effective. We can do kind of strength training routines. Um, with weights, um, we can do more um, body weight exercise or core training. Um, and so the nice thing about that is we can kind of find something that, that people enjoy, which I think, uh, to your point, when something's uncomfortable or, um, you know, hard to stick with, um, you know, you can work with a physio to find something that, that you, um, you enjoy or you find meaningful. And, and we find that people do better when we, when we you know, target things towards uh, what they, they like doing. Uh, Nathan Hers joining us on this edition of Vancouver Consumer at CKNW. Nathan Hers with the Physiotherapy Association of BC and a private practitioner at Tall Tree Physio on Commercial Drive. Here's how you reach Nathan. Education at bcphysio.org. Education at bcphysio.org. With the pandemic, um, well, we're, we were hoping to get out of it, but uh, physiotherapy offices are back open. And I was pleasantly pleased when I went to see mine. Uh, Nathan, uh, the very strict protocols over at the Aquatic Center in, in West Van, and I, I know you've been following some of these strict protocols as well as have all of physios in an effort to, again, see patients in the office. Uh, what is the state of physiotherapy uh, as we hopefully wind our way out of this pandemic? Have things changed substantially? Because this is a profession where you're hands-on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's an excellent point. Um, and, you know, certainly things are, are, are different right now. Um, I think like, like for, for, for many folks. Um, and so, yeah, current, currently physiotherapy uh, clinics are open and, you know, we have uh, enhanced uh, precautions um, that we developed uh, with uh, WorkSafe BC and our uh, professional regulatory college. And so just in, in making sure folks are safe when they, when they come in to see us. Um, there, there's also um, options um, in terms of virtual or, or video appointments, um, which uh, are being used uh, for people that are, are high risk or, or maybe are uncomfortable with coming in to see people in person, and and you know you can work with um, your physio to decide what the you know the you know the best option or the most appropriate option for for you. And um, so you know I've been, when I'm working with some um, of my my older folks or folks that are uh, uncomfortable coming in. Um, we can kind of set up a, a treatment plan uh, uh, virtually um, where appropriate. Um, and I think that um, it's something that, that, that actually can work um, um, well because some of our most effective interventions, you know, exercise and then education. So, you know, teaching people what, what is contributing to their pain or 
things to rest from or how to progress back to normal activities. Um, these are all things that that, that um, in, in a lot of cases can be used in that video format. I think everybody who goes to a physiotherapist, Nathan, wants that instant cure. Unfortunately, uh, there is no instant cure. It's going to take some work, and you've got to work through some of the pain. And you've got to take the advice of, uh, you know, this health professional, a physiotherapist. What advice would you have for people for exercise with access to gyms being limited? Are you uh, of the mind, as I am, that uh, uh, gyms are like any other public space if, if... Uh, they are managed properly under these new protocols. They are safe. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good question, and I think um, I I can't comment on any specific um, you know gyms or, or specific situations. And I would say that um, you know those gyms you know should be kind of following those those health, public health protocols that are, are coming down from the the BC CDC, um, and I think. You know, as Dr. Henry has been kind of suggesting it, some of it is coming down to kind of comfort uh, amidst those those protocols. Um, but I think, you know, the good news is, is we can get creative about exercise and, and still see positive results. Um, and so, you know, for example, if your goal, your goal is strength increases, um, things like resistance bands and body weight can, can, um, can be a, a really great way to, to, to build strength. Um, even if you might not have access to those normal weights or, or gym equipment. Nathan Hurst, yeah. you know, Nathan Hurst joining us on this edition of Vancouver Consumer at CKNW. Uh, Nathan is with the Physiotherapy Association of BC. He's also a private practitioner at Tall Tree Physio on Commercial Drive. Education at bcphysio.org. Lots of good stuff on that website. If you're looking for a physiotherapist, if you're looking for some, uh, some just some really good reading on what you should and shouldn't be doing, if you're looking for a physiotherapist, uh, they've got a list as well. They've got all the grounds covered believe me. We are seeing, uh, Nathan, uh, a lot more people outside uh, walking, as Dr. Henry has suggested, get outside and do more, uh, trail hiking, uh, biking. Uh, that's a lot of new pressure on knees, hips, and backs. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our, our routines, our exercise habits have been changing. Um, I think the biggest thing for a new runner or a new hiker um, to remember is uh, the, the, probably the most common cause of running injuries is, is too much too soon. Um, so the idea of being kind of smart about progression is, is probably the first thing that, that we'll talk about in physiotherapy. Um, is you know we're seeing some folks that are going from no running to um, running four or five times a week, and, and that might be where we run into a bit of trouble. Um, and so you want to make sure you you know you're gradually building up your distances, uh, things like varying the length of your runs and surfaces. Um, and that's often how, how I'll build a, a running program for, for runners that I'm seeing is, uh, is trying to avoid running the same distance and, and pace um, every time you go out. Well, uh, the people that I know who run distances, um, they often complain of uh, various aches and pains, maybe not so much because of the distance, but because of what they're running on, and that being concrete. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, uh, in terms of of running on, on, on different surfaces. I, I think uh, the biggest thing I would say is, is, is building up your capacity um, for that. Um, and I think, I know, again, that a good advice is, is, is trying to vary that surface. I think uh, running on concrete is, is, is something that we, we, we can do, um, again, as long as we're kind of mixing it up and, and not always running on that, that same type of surface. And that might be 
more related um, to running into some problems. And, you know, if you are running into an issue, you can always chat with a physiotherapist or, or kind of a health professional to kind of get you back back on the, the trail or, or the road, as it were. My uh, physio guy at uh, the West Van Aquatic Center was telling me that he's seeing an inordinate number of people coming in with gardening injuries. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, uh, an activity that's really ramped up uh, since that, this pandemic started. Uh, and again, I think uh, it comes back to a, a concept of just um, load tolerance or capacity. There's a great quote um, uh, that I think is applicable here where our, our bodies will adapt um, as long as the um, kind of the applied stimulus or, or the activity is not greater than our body's ability to uh, um, adapt. And so I think, uh, I think, it comes back to that principle again of too much too soon and, and kind of gradually building up into, you know, some of these new things that we're doing, be it running, be it gardening or whatever else where we're trying uh, amidst this pandemic. Well, as an avid gardener, not a good one, but an avid gardener, I can tell you, you're doing a lot of twisting and turning where otherwise you might not do it. In fact, a personal trainer friend of mine said that he had recently taken a course on um, personal training for gardeners <laughs> so that he could uh, make sure that you're uh, moving and torquing uh, the proper way when in the garden. Nathan Hers, Physiotherapy Association of BC, private practitioner at Tall Tree Physio on Commercial Drive, education at bcphysio.org. You are listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. I know, uh, Nathan, that you're part of a research study on managing arthritis. Arthritis is not necessarily a disease of the aged. Uh, you can get arthritis at any age. Tell us a little bit about uh, the study and what people should be doing or not doing if they have an arthritic joint. Yeah, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd be happy to. So um, I'm really excited about this uh, study that I'm a part of. So I'm working as a clinician coach for a research study uh by Dr. Linda Lee, who is a researcher at UBC who focuses on the treatment of, of arthritis. And so this study is looking at rheumatoid arthritis, which is a, a specific type of arthritis that's inflammatory in nature. And the study is looking at combining wearables with coaching on physical activity to see if we can improve symptoms and people's ability to manage um, that rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so it's that combination of, of, of using some of this technology with um, uh, kind of a skilled coach in terms of talking you through how to um, to progress how much you're walking or doing these different activities. And I think the biggest thing that jumps to mind in terms of advice for um, arthritis or different types of arthritis um, is that actually exercise seems to play a really important role in managing symptoms. And there's a certain narrative of, of wear and tear, particularly in osteoarthritis, that kind of more weight on the joint, uh, uh, more walking, more running is going to make it worse. Um, but actually, when we look at some of this research, we now know that, um, you know, as long as we're doing an appropriate amount of activity or, or gradually building up our strength to be able to, to tolerate that, that actually, you know, kind of load or force through those joints is one of the best things for them. And so we're seeing that, that just as a real move um, in the management of arthritis in terms of an exercise or, or active approach. Of all the uh, people who come to see you at Tall Tree Physio on Commercial Drive, Nathan, would you uh, say that back and shoulder injuries, uh, hips and knees, would be in the top four of the injuries that you see or the complaints that you hear? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the, the most common things that I see is, is um, 
as lower back pain and, and, and shoulder pain are certainly two of the, the biggest ones. Um, interestingly, I've um, been seeing more um, kind of elbow and hand injuries um, since the pandemic uh, started just personally, I think probably from changing desks or, or, or lack thereof as people are, are, are changing their workspaces uh, related to the pandemic. Um, and so that's, you know, seeing folks that are, are having to adapt to working from home. Um, but yeah, the, probably the two biggest things we see in the clinic here are probably lower back pain and shoulder pain. Uh, the theme of this segment is a physiotherapy, and who hasn't had an ache or a pain somewhere and wondered, what the heck do I do? Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to Nathan Hers, a physiotherapist at Tall Tree Physio um, on Commercial Drive, and we thought we'd invite one of his colleagues on. Uh, Dr. Allison Ezzett is a registered physiotherapist, a postdoctoral fellow at UBC. And uh, Allison, first of all, welcome to the show. Uh, your research really is about it, advancing some knowledge in healthcare and how physiotherapy uh, plays into other medical fields. And at, at the end of it all, what can we expect as the consumer will come of all of this studying? Uh, great. Well, it's great to be on here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, the project I think you're referring to is, is something called the COVID-19 Quick Canadian Physiotherapist Survey, which um, I started back in early May, um, really trying to look at how the pandemic um, was affecting our profession and what sort of impact this would potentially have on on patients. Well, uh, when when I think of myself as as a patient, I, I wonder. Okay, look. First of all, is the office open? And if it isn't open, uh, how am I getting some virtual stuff done? Now, offices are reopening and have been open for a while now. But you were telling me before we came in this afternoon. Uh, Allison, that a lot of the work that physiotherapists are doing now is virtual. Are people comfortable enough that they're getting the right treatment virtually? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would I would say, um, you know, before the pandemic, before COVID-19, uh, virtual physiotherapy or telehealth uh, was around, but it wasn't it wasn't very common. And, um, you know, back at the beginning of the pandemic, when a lot of um, in-person uh, services, you know, including physiotherapists, had to stop delivering in-person care. Physiotherapists really uh, pivoted almost overnight to be able to start providing uh, virtual virtual services. So mostly by video, uh, by a lot of those online platforms that many of us are familiar now, uh, such as Zoom. So um, when I first started my survey back in May, that was before physiotherapists in British Columbia had been really allowed to reopen their clinics. And at that time, uh, about 79% of physiotherapists were providing virtual care. But what's been interesting is that now over the last few months, as you mentioned, most physiotherapists are now uh, back providing in-person care with, of course, uh, modifications to uh, protect patients from, um, you know, COVID-19. But uh, even though in-person care has resumed, uh, up to about 58% of physiotherapists are now continuing to provide some virtual care as an option for patients who either uh, may not feel comfortable coming into a clinic or in some cases virtual care can be just very convenient where you can be in your own home, um, you don't have to come into the clinic, you can, the therapist can then see you set up um, your exercises and everything um, in your own space. So there are actually a lot of advantages to virtual care as well. 
Well, I, it may be a little bit more advantageous and a little easier to do for some folks, but I'm I'm of the opinion, for me personally, uh, when I see my healthcare professional, I want hands-on. I want to be able to point to that pain mm-hmm. in my shoulder and say, hey, Allison, th- this is where mm-hmm. it starts and this is why it's happening, and I want that hand-on there, you know, moving things around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say, you know, of course, that is probably one of the biggest challenges with, with virtual care is you cannot do a hands-on assessment um, or treatment. And so I think uh, in the future, you know, even as the pandemic ends, we're going to start to see this hybrid model of practice where potentially you might be coming for an in-person session for your initial assessment, and then you might do a couple of virtual sessions before you come back in for another in-person follow-up. So, you know, especially people who may live in more rural and remote areas where it is really challenging to get in for in-person care, um, that, that there's a real role for virtual care going forward. And, and while, you know, we do like uh, many patients and physiotherapists really believe that the hands-on approach is important, there are certainly um, conditions and situations where, um, you know, really the exercise prescription, education, self-management strategies, all of these things that um, don't rely on hands-on care um, are, are really the most important part of the treatment. Allison, as at Physiotherapy Association of BC and a private practitioner at North Shore Sports Medicine, 604-973-0242 is how you reach Allison, 973-0242. When we think of physiotherapy, Allison, we don't often think of management of chronic disease, but that's one thing a physiotherapist can help out with. When we're talking about physiotherapy and chronic disease, what are the chronic diseases that we're talking about? Yeah, um, so, you know, chronic diseases could include things like arthritis, um, could include things like um, different neurological conditions, um, things like cardiovascular cardiovascular disease and COPD. Um, a lot of these things, the, the I would say bread and butter treatment for them is having individualized exercise prescription and learning, um, you know, what is safe and what is going to keep you active uh, moving forward as you manage your your disease. And as, as you said, physiotherapy is really um, is really the cornerstone of management for these conditions. You know, the whole pandemic thing, Allison, has changed the way, uh, the way everybody is working and, and seeing things. Um, I know when it comes to the healthcare profession, boy, if there was one series of professions, it's all those involved in healthcare, which have had to modify the way things are doing. In the physiotherapy um, profession, what would be the biggest thing that you've had to come to grips with in helping patients through this? Aside from, you know, the, the virtual treatment and mm-hmm. such, is there something that jumps out at you that says, okay, we as physiotherapists really have to take this approach now because things are different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's sort of two things come to mind when you mention that. So one is, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of people have altered uh, the normal activities. So whether that, um, you know, people are spending a lot more time in front of a computer screen on Zoom, people are no longer commuting into the office, which can also mean they're not um, getting as much just walking to and from, um, you know, their transit or their car. Some people are unable to do some of the sports or activities that they were they were doing before. So um, 
some people, you know, have gone to try new activities, which may result in a new injury, but then other people are just uh, being less active, which is also a problem. So I think physiotherapists um, have need, need to address a lot of, a lot of these things in, in new people and, you know, things like helping, helping people set up their workspace properly in their home office might not be something that they've ever thought of before. Um, and one other area that, that I would also mention um, that physiotherapy can be, can be really turned to at this time is that, um, as we know, a lot of elective surgeries were canceled or postponed with, uh, with the start of the pandemic. And well, uh, this includes total joint replacements for, for knee and hip osteoarthritis. And I know that uh, the hospitals are really uh, pushing to try to to try to catch up on these. But in the meantime, um, you know, a lot of these people may be uh, waiting around, um, you know, months while, while their surgeries are rescheduled. And I think this is a real um, chance for them to access services like physiotherapy, where we could provide them with safe and effective home exercises and education that could help with their pain and their quality of life in the meantime while they're waiting for the surgery. I think anybody who's had a hip operation or a knee replacement uh, will tell you that uh, pre-op exercise uh, through a physiotherapist is the best thing you can do for yourself. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I'd just like to highlight one program. It's called GLAD, which stands for Good Life with Osteoarthritis in Denmark. And this is a really unique program that obviously was started in Denmark. But now it is run uh, across Canada, and it's an individualized, group-based exercise program for people with hip and knee arthritis. And, uh, (coughs) excuse me, um, it is available at clinics all across Canada. And uh, this is a program that I run at North Shore Sports Medicine. And I just can't say enough good things about um, the results we see for patients and their improvements in their pain and their improved function. And um, if people are interested in learning more about this, there's a website called gladcanada.ca, um, or of course they could also contact the clinic. But um, this is something that is now being provided virtually and in person, and um, I would highly recommend it for people with osteoarthritis, really from early stage disease right up through to people who may be waiting or even after having a joint replacement surgery. Okay, so it's, it's good for people, knees and hips and such, uh, pre-op and post-op. Mm-hmm. I would say the focus is more on not even pre-op, but even people who may be uh, like early disease or, or mid, mid-stage disease where, you know, they're trying to avoid getting those surgeries. Those are the people especially we want to target, but um, right across the whole disease spectrum um, as well. It is, it is great because it is individualized for people. I was watching a documentary the other night. They had the leading knee ortho- orthopedic knee surgeon uh, apparently in the world, um, mm-hmm. on this documentary, he happened to be the orthopedic surgeon in charge of the U.S. Olympic team based in Colorado. And it was interesting when asked, uh, when he was asked, what, what can we do about knees that are given out on us? And he said, without blinking an eye, he said, the knee is still, with all our technologies, one of the most misunderstood joints in the, in the body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, it is also a joint that gets commonly injured. And we do know now that once you do have a knee injury, that your risk of developing osteoarthritis in the future um, is is really significantly increased. So, um, you know, now the research that I'm working on, we don't want people to wait around um, after they've had a knee injury, is that we want people to really be addressing sort of their knee pain after the injury, but then also keeping on top of things um, as time goes by so that they're not ending up 
um, you know, in a really bad place in 10, 20 years down the road. Well, when we talk about knee injuries, Allison, are we talking about tendons and ligaments or bone on bone? Well, you know, I, it used to be, so one of the most common injuries is a ligament injury called your anterior cruciate ligament, which is really um, in the center of your knee and is, is really critical for essentially holding your knee joint together. And that's a really common injury, especially in activities that involve uh, cutting or pivoting, changing directions like soccer, skiing, basketball. Um, so that would be what I would consider sort of a, a major injury to, to tear that ligament. Um, and unfortunately, that's that can be common in those sports, as I mentioned. But now we're really talking about the evidence is coming out that really any type of knee injury, not just the ligaments, I'm talking about other parts of the joint, like um, the meniscus, which are like little cushions that sit on top of the bone that help to distribute the load across your joint. Um, having You can have a tear of those. Um, even, as I said, more injuries that we would have considered minor injuries um, are now showing that down the road, these minor injuries can come back to um, to cause bigger problems. Well, I'm, I'm, I've always been of the opinion uh, that if you've got an injury, get on it right away. Like, get to a physiotherapist right away. Yeah, like, you know, as you say, don't don't procrastinate because this thing could lead to bigger problems down mm-hmm. the road. Allison Ezat, Physiotherapy Association of BC and private practitioner at North Shore Sports Medicine. She's also a postdoctoral fellow at UBC, uh, doing a lot of research. And uh, everything good comes from research, and that's knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, Allison, really appreciate your being on. Hi, here's how you reach Allison, by the way: six zero four nine seven three. 0242-973-0242. You are listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Back in a moment. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Time now for Ask Andrew. Andrew Ferreira, executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. Dine Out Vancouver. New name, new look. Well, new name per se. Uh, it's, you know, it, they're playing off of the, you know, everyone knows Dine Out Vancouver. Uh, but they're playing off because Dine Out Vancouver doesn't usually happen during the middle of the summer. Uh, to try and, you know, kickstart the economy, if you will, to try and give people something to look forward to. Uh, dine Outside Vancouver, uh, you know, maybe not the, the most clever name, but I'll, you know, it's, it's apt. I'll give them that. Uh, dine Outside Vancouver will start up on August the 21st. That is one week from la- from yesterday. Uh, it'll be going until September the 21st. So for a full month, there's going to be 161 restaurants uh, on the roster. Some of the big ones, uh, you know, like your, your Hawksworths, your Mikus, your Burgoos, your Banana Leafs. Uh, they'll all be participating. Uh, prices, there'll be a, a fixed price menu. There'll be a $15, a $25, a $35, and a $45 uh, fixed menu. And uh, different restaurants will also have uh, different promotional offers uh, for diners to enjoy uh, while they're there. And uh, to try and, you know, not only is Dine Outside kind of uh, one of tourism Vancouver's ways to try and, you know, deal with the pandemic, uh, in and of itself, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, going out and dining with other people outside, uh, they'll also uh, feature special take outside and picnic packs. Uh, so let's say you want to go to a park, uh, a beach, uh, you know, the north uh, the north side of the art gallery, the plaza there where you can now legally uh, crack open a beer or have a bottle of wine with a with a friend or two. And I suggest and I rem- just a friend or two. Let's not go crazy here. Mm. 
they also offer those services as well. So there's plenty of options available for you if you want to, you know, dine out anywhere from 15 to $45 for the uh, fixed price meals and uh, the takeout and picnic packs. Uh, I think this is, I think this is wonderful. I've never uh, taken advantage of dine out Vancouver and now down, dine outside Vancouver. How, how do you register? How do you pay? Uh, you know, how do you book? You just go. You go. The restaurants will have uh, like a set menu, a set kind of thing for you. And mind you, of course, with all of the, um, uh, I, I guess you'd say the seating restrictions, because we'll be, you know, we'll be making a lot of use of patios, temporary patios. Uh, the city of Vancouver has done a, a pretty good job at fast tracking a lot of the patio um, applications. Uh, so you can just kind of go over and check it out. Of course, the website as well. You can just, you know, you, if you're lazy like me, you can just Google Dine Outside Vancouver. Or if you'd like the actual website, it's just dineoutvancouver.com. Uh, they'll have the list of everything ready to go. I'm actually looking at the picnic to go ones right now. Uh, the one from uh, even Blends has a picnic back uh, picnic to go <laughs> really? package. I didn't expect that. Well, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones here. Brown Social House, you're familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, the Casbah Restaurant, which is delicious. Again, they've got a whole bunch of stuff you can browse through uh, everything that they have to offer. Uh, again, that's dineoutvancouver.com, or you can just Google Dine Outside Vancouver. 161 restaurants all told. Yep, 161. Yeah. So that's what three a day oh, <laughs> for, the, for the whole month. All right, let me just pull out my. Uh, let me just pull out my it's, life savings. Actually, here. it's more yeah. than it's more than three a day. But uh, encourage you to get out. <laughs> encourage you to get out and enjoy and support our local food services industry. Thank you, Andrew Ferrara, executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. You are listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Back in a moment. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.